Need a new set of optics? For more than a decade, Riton Optics has been providing optic solutions for hunters and shooters of all types and disciplines. Check out their Primal line for those products geared more towards us hunters. From binoculars and spotting scopes to your basic 3-9 to nine scopes and longer range crossover models, the Primal line from Riton was made for hunters. Learn more at RitonOptics.com. That's Riton, R-I-T-O-N, Optics.com. Howdy, and welcome to the Where to Hunt podcast, the podcast that connects public land hunting enthusiasts. Today is May 14th, 2019. I'm your host, Eric Clark. Welcome back. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for the reviews. Thanks for the feedback. Keep it coming. Share, spread the word, spread the love, share the advice, get people into hunting, uh, be excited, be happy, and all of that awesome, awesome stuff that I preach and don't complain about anything. Shut your effing mouth if you're going to complain. I'll leave it at that. Look at that. I didn't even swear. I just alluded to it. Um, so on today's show, I bring on guest uh, Jonathan from Heated Hunts. I'm not even going to try to say his last name off the cuff. <laughs> it's not going to go well, and I do it right when I bring him on. So we'll just lean on that. I do want to call out that this show happens every single Tuesday at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time out of Wisconsin. Um and it's live on Facebook on the Where to Hunt Facebook page. If you want to tune in and you want to call and be a participant of the show and contribute by asking good questions and engaging in conversation, feel free to do show. Feel free to do show to do so. Um, anyway, so I, I do want to get into the topic here, but one other uh, kind of housekeeping item. I am out on vacation uh, starting tomorrow, uh, May 15th, and I will not be back until... May 28th, at which time I will record another episode. So we're going to miss next Tuesday, the 21st. So um, hang in there with me. Only one week off, and then we'll be back on for every other single Tuesday of the calendar year. And in your reviews, feedback, uh, message uh, on LinkedIn or Facebook or however you want to reach me, if there's a different day that works for you, that works for you, I'd be willing to listen and see if I can make it happen. If I get an alarming number that everyone says, Wednesday's the day, dude. Um, you know, I might have to shift gears, but until that happens, it's going to stay Tuesdays. Uh, so anyway, thanks for tuning in today. I'm going to go ahead and bring our guest on and get into this show. Okay. We are live. So hello everybody. Howdy and welcome to the where to hunt podcast. Uh, today on this week's show, I bring a uh, guest on with me. Now, I know, uh, Jonathan, you had spelled out your last name for me. So if I butcher it, I apologize. <laughs> but Jonathan Kolasinski, no worries, with, yeah, with Heated Hunts, um, taking time out of his busy schedule to to chat with you know me and the Where to Hunt podcast and anybody that's going to be tuning in to listen, um, please, the number is at the bottom of the screen to go ahead and call in and ask us questions. But Jonathan, let's start off by having you just kind of tell the audience a little bit about yourself. Sure. Hey, well, I'm, I'm happy to be here. Thanks for the opportunity. And um, so, uh, again, my name is Jonathan Kalasinski. I am the owner of uh, Heated Hunts. Uh, we're based out of uh, northeast Pennsylvania in the Scranton area. Um, a little bit about my, myself. Uh, I'm 34 years old. I've been hunting for about uh, 22 years, 24 years, give or take, you know, before was able to get out there on my own, start off when I was young. Um, hunting is the biggest passion of mine. Uh, as a result of that, you know, you're, you're looking into the industry and, you know, you're you're buying products. You, you see something that maybe isn't out there or some, some you may think there's a better way to um, build or deliver that product. So I want to send that message out that everyone, you know, if you have that idea, you know, think about it and see if you want to make that, that idea into an opportunity and really pursue it. That's what I did. Um, There's a couple problems I wanted to solve. And as a result, um, I created uh, Heated Hunts. And uh, what we did is we uh, developed a heated scent dispenser. And uh, it's really been an interesting ride. So some more things about myself. I grew up in uh, Northeast Pennsylvania. 
Uh, I've traveled all over the country, and I still like to call Northeast Pennsylvania home. Um, I'm proud that we actually manu manufacture our products locally. Um, back when I first started my company in 2016, uh, we were actually manufacturing a lot of it in, in China, and I was able to pull everything back in uh, last year. So it was a really exciting time for us, and it was a very significant challenge, but I'm glad we were able to work through that. When did um, you start with everything? We start, I, Heated Hunts was an idea of the fall of 2015. And uh, by by December, like so I want to say 15th of that year, I decided to go, you know what, I'm going to run with this. And everyone I talked to uh, in manufacturing was like, you, you know, you're going to need at least, you know, a year, 18 months to really get all this stuff figured out. And I'm like, no, I don't want to wait. I, I want to, you know, throttle it, you know, push the envelope. Uh, it was pretty exciting. I, I hired two different engineers. You know, we we were uh, he was one of them was the main one I ended up working with throughout delivering the overall product was based out of Massachusetts, uh, believe it or not, and uh, he had a 3D printer, so it felt like every other week I was getting new sample components, uh, new you know, uh, overall reprints of the whole product, which really allowed to accelerate the design, and um, and I want to say first week of August of 2016, I launched my company in Richmond, Virginia Speedway at a uh, a hunting venue down there it was really really exciting the feedback was was phenomenal and from there it's been a pretty much a roller coaster ride that's super cool so like on that on the front end of everything you know going from idea to inception and hearing what the the quote-unquote naysayers have to say did that kind of help fuel your fire so to speak yeah i mean you, you got to be have a certain amount of american grit and you know a certain amount of scars to be able to say you can do it because um, more doors are closed in your face than opened. And some people, how you grow up, that's just life. So you, you got to embrace that, you know, because eventually when you, you, you got to be able to see a light at the end of the tunnel too. You got to be real to yourself. You know, just because you work hard doesn't mean you're going to make it. You know, 99% of small businesses fail. You know, I mean, that's an extreme, you know, percentage, but really it's, it's up there. I don't know the exact statistic, but I, I believe it's over like 95%. So it's a matter of, you know, being real to yourself and then also saying, like, I got to keep pushing, I got to keep going and having that mentality and embracing it. Right. And a lot of those businesses fail in their first year. The fact that you've been at it for a little while says something, you know, the, the testimony of the product. How was the testing, uh, you know, initially early on? Was that you doing that testing yourself and trying to make sure that the product did what you thought it would do in your in your mind's eye? Yeah, so I only had a handful of um, actual prototypes. So if you can imagine you're, you're testing like certain components in different manners, then you're testing like the whole product to try to find failures. Because it's like you pick something up in your hand and you're like, oh, that this will work great, but how does it work in the field? So it, it was funny. I was driving my wife nuts. If you can imagine, um, you know, using our freezer, putting the scent dispenser or components of it in the freezer, you know, with sensors running into there, you know, if you can imagine, like, a, a hook it up to a laptop, you're watching how the performance is. Uh, my engineer was doing that. He had some access to really good tools um, where the facility he worked at. So we were able to do a lot of different stress tests. And then kind of like, you know, from my blue collar background of working on cars, you know, I'm um, doing farm work, all that kind of stuff. Um, you can imagine that if it calls for a tiny little bolt, why not just put a bigger bolt in and it seems to work better? Well, that's kind of what I did with the product. It's, it's pretty unbreakable. So I'm really happy with it. That's great. And so, like, I'm trying to think from a product design standpoint, is there anything else on the market like what you guys have? There's nothing that is, I mean, heated, let me put it this way. Heating hunting scent is not new. You'll meet a whole section of the hunting industry that says, um, I've done it for years, you know, I've done it and, you know, using using hand warmers, you know, homemade com contraptions. You know, some guys are like, I have my own little mini briefcase I bring with a propane heater because of the amount of success they have with it. The consistent feedback I get from that group is, I've never seen it delivered as smart as the way you did it. And my philosophy was actually um, based upon me purchasing a product back then when, when I was starting. And it was one of those items where it didn't work well. So you kind of just took it into the shop, you know, took it apart and said, I want to steal that component, you know, all right, that doesn't make sense. This does. And before you know, it, you have a prototype, you know, if you can imagine it, it was a heater 
It was like a D-cell battery holder. It was like a, a coat hanger hook, some duct tape. You know, it was really a homemade like, jobber, right? But yep. what put me over the, over the finish line was I shot my biggest buck on my prototype. Um, I shouldn't call it a prototype. It was like my garage, my garage model, right? It's not even a real product at that point. It was just delivering that business outcome, your heating sense using electronic device. So what my thought process was is a lot of products in the market heat a volume of, of liquid or they would vaporize liquid. And my experience sure. with that is like even if, even if you see people that are like vaporize, um, using that vape e-cigarette, you know, the smell's there and then it's gone. You know, it's not a consistent, like that, bar- like that barbecue effect of actually like, getting the scent to travel. And that was like the, the, the premise of the design. It was to heat the wicks to the, to the a certain temperature range. So when we first started, we actually were heating it a little hotter. We were like pushing it to like the 120, 140, like 150 range, thinking like, you know, if you just get something hotter, it's going to work better. You know, you just generally think that. And in our test, when we dialed it back down to the temperature range of a white tail bear, like they're all in about, you know, give or take five degrees from each other. So when we got in that threshold, we actually realized that we got more reaction out of the urine sense. Um, so it was something that we thought was really interesting and that changed the way that we designed our circuit. And um, it just makes sense. If you're heating a, a urine-based scent to the temperature of that animal, yeah, if you think about in nature, they either know it as cold or when they have it hot, it's exactly that temperature. So why would pumping it up to 150 make it work any better or so forth or vaporizing it? You know what I mean? You can kind of like rationalize it to yourself why the animal was more intrigued when it was in their temperature range. Yeah, the the hindsight of this being 2020, like it seems like such an obvious thing, but you you had to go through that to get there. It wasn't just like, a, oh, yeah. yeah, I'm going to make it to- that that temperature right out of the gate yeah. you had to work through that process and that's fascinating because that's not right like that's something that if you're trying to diy this that's not something that either a you might not even be aware of and or considering and, and then b how the heck do you deliver on that and that's what you've done um you know i was talking to my dad before i did the show he was over for for mother's day on sunday and you know i mentioned i was gonna be talking to you and he hadn't heard of the product but he's like you know, I've tried to do that myself. You know, I've, I brought hand warmers in. He's like, logically, it seemed to make sense that, of course, the pee would be warm, right? Or on really cold, cold, cold days when we used to hunt the Nicolet when it was negative, you know, 15 in some cases, you know, then it just freezes. Yep. And then and then what good is it doing you, right? So well, how does it sorry. stand up to, to extreme cold temperatures like that? Is that something that it does well? Um, or has it got to work a little bit differently or harder for that? Yeah, so... I think that's a, a two-part question, right? The first part you, yep. you kind of alluded to was how do you consistently heat something the right way? That was the hardest thing to do because if you can imagine, you know, you, you heat it up hot and then it cools down, you know, it, it's hard to, it was hard to get it to actually work to keep it constant heat, which is allowing that whole long, like longer travel to occur instead of that spike, you know, you vaporize all the scent, it's gone. And then versus that long, that long, if you could imagine like a, a, a slow cooked barbecue, it was, was a hard thing to figure out and use the right component. So that, that took, that was a huge challenge. Then the other part was like stress testing it. How do you make it work at five degrees, 15 degrees, 20, you know, 60, 80, um, you know, all the, in, the, in that spectrum. And that, and that's where um, it just took a lot of different testing. And that's what I was kind of saying before, if, if you can imagine um, when we're testing this, we're trying to use controlled temperatures to see how, like look at the data, you know, looking at it, how is it really performing? We were using like refrigerators, freezers, controlled environments, um, because outside, I mean, when we were doing it, depending on time of year it was, it's all you could test. So, yeah, say it's 20 outside, you test it, it works great. Well, now you're bringing it inside the room temperature, then how about that in between? So we were able to figure that all out. And it was a lot of fun. It was like, quite comical, if you can imagine, like all the nonsense of saying, oh, this, this is what I observed, this is what worked. It really felt really science and nature, and it was kind of like funny because we were just trying to like, we wanted it to work the best and we're beating like beating the crap out of it to, you know, try to find every angle of the circuit. So it's waterproof. It's weatherproof. The urines don't break it down. So we did that. And then the biggest thing we noticed is actually the ability to of batteries to perform in different temperature temperatures. So once right. we, thought, we had it all think, think about just had, your cell phone dying in the cold really fast. 
you know? Yeah. And that's got a really yeah. strong battery in it. Like that's, yeah. I'll let you keep going. So. <laughs> no, it's just funny, right? You start thinking of all this stuff. You're like, oh, that's simple. Then I'm like, yeah, that's why there's no other product like it on the market. And people scratching their heads is because how much dedication it takes to actually get it there. First, a lot of people, you know, I, I don't want to, you know, they, they just slap things together and say the market will accept it because this brand already exists, unfortunately. So when you're when you're delivering with a new brand, you better come in something really smart, creative, you know, and you know, show that you're better than everybody, to, so you actually can grow. Because if you don't do that, you're just going to get, you know, you'll, you'll stay in the background to the big guys. But um, what we what we realize is obviously with the batteries, like they are the um, they perform the best in cold temperatures. So it's something that we actually recommend with our product. And I can actually vouch that, you know, um, boots on the ground. I was on a hunting trip in, in Ohio, and um, it was um, like the week after ATA, and um, it was like five degrees. So they, you could actually get the bait state. And um, I was using my corner tracking in there, obviously, because it's late season. You're not going to use so much of the mating sense. But um, it was neat. You know, there's deer passing up the corn that's frozen on the ice, you know, on these feeders and walking up to my dispenser, me and my, me and my camera guy, we had some fun. I get into seeing that happen, but, uh, the performance, um, you know, five degrees all day long, we were getting almost a whole day and a few hours in the morning at five degrees. And I, I call that a win, you know, a four double a uh, lithium batteries for sure. So I think I'm going to jump ahead. Incidentally, I just want to pull something out of what you said there. Um, and okay. we'll stay, we'll try to stay on task here because I have a tendency to, you know, jump all around, which is fine. But you mentioned, you know, using a corn scent. Um, now, that's even a scent that you can heat up just to make sure that it's being effective. Is that like I would have only imagined that you'd heat up, you know, deer piss um, just to or the urine, right? Just to make sure that mm -hmm. it's, you know, what that animal is used to smelling. Now, heating up corn scent, maybe explain that a little bit if, you know, the logic behind there to walk us through it. Yeah, so put it this way, what what smells better to a human, like cold apples or like an apple pie, right? That's something that makes your head turn. I mean, just as an example, everybody has their different different things they like. And uh, you should see it with bear scents. It really gets them fired up. That I have, a, I have a lot of bear guides that use my product, and they're like, well, all your bear scents, we don't know which one works better because every time we put it out, you know, one of our hunters, a bear comes in and eats a dispenser. They're like, it's phenomenal, except we go through a lot of dispensers and so yeah, the bear just eats the whole damn thing. That's hilarious. Yeah, they're just like, yeah, because they're heating it. Like just heating it, you're piquing the interest. You're you're at, you're getting better. Um, you know, you're creating more energy at the uh, molecular level. It's traveling further. It actually smells stronger. I mean, think about it. Like in the worst case scenario, it's like like garbage on a hot day. You know, versus cold. You know, hot food versus cold food. Um, a candle versus candle. A candle that's like slightly heated. You know, um, so. All those variables just increasing the strength of scent. You know, we stop it from freezing. We're obviously, you're putting scent in front of game that never knew you were there. So when I say people, you know, you're, you're going out and you're using it, and it's 50 degrees, you know, it's not freezing out. But if you heat it to the same, you're literally doubling the temperature of that scent by heating it to the temperature of live game. So you're actually throwing it downrange, you know further and potentially, you know, putting in front of that game that's cruising by or that the game has to be downwind. It's not a magic wand, but the point is if you're in the right spot and you're looking for that thing, that's going to pique their interest. Um, you want that advantage. So if you can have the advantage, why aren't you using that in your toolbox of hunting? Um, it just, it just makes sense. I, I have a lot of people that tell me uh, really cool stories that, you know, they're using dough and heat and they actually pull the buck off does. I mean, I can give you people's numbers. I can show you these emails we get. It's really, really phenomenal. Um, stories like a grandfather sent me, like you, you created the best hunting memory I ever could have. And I'm opening the email and it's like, um, I bought two, I bought three packages of your product, three kits, you know, it comes with scent, you know, a cover scent and blah, 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 you know, attractants and dispenser. And he goes, both of my grandsons shot bucks. They're, they were both like youth hunters uh, within 15, 15 minutes of each other. And the picture was like him and his grandson in the box. And you see the grandfather's like smiling more than the kids. Like the kids are happy, but you know what I mean? Grandfather helped him put that together. That's got to <laughs> yeah, be a cool thing. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think it's, um, we get so many stories like that. And one of the things that was, I wish I would do better at marketing is, is telling those stories because 
when I was at um, Harrisburg uh, Outdoor Shows, like one of the biggest shows on the East Coast, it's a nine-day-long show in February, and we had, um, I think we had counted, it was like 92 or 93 hunters came through from the prior year that showed us like their trophy, showed us the the, like, the doe or buck they shot with our with my products, our products here at Heated Hunts, and you know just having people. Um, tell you the story because they want to tell you or you're talking to a customer someone's walking by yelling by going heat it it works you know like all that kind of stuff it's just cool to you know build something and bring it into the industry and get that feedback um that's really something dynamic is that feeling of saying that this wasn't here if it wasn't for me like pushing this to come into the industry all these people potentially wouldn't have been this successful so it's really neat also knowing that I'm helping people be successful in the field more and also helping grow the sport because it's keeping people intrigued and just any opportunity to tell the story, to get people involved in the outdoors, you know, it's a benefit to everybody. That's pretty, that's pretty rad. So like the, the way I heard about you was through one of those stories. Um, you know, it's, oh, yeah. sometimes it can be, yeah, sometimes it can be challenging to find guests and I'll be enough, you know, I've seen you guys around on, on some of the social channels and and I never fully comprehended or understood what the product was. Um, it's such a simple name. You're literally saying what it is you're doing, but for some reason I was maybe trying to read into it more. I'm like, what do you mean it's heated? You know, it took me a second. And then um, a friend of mine who, who I, you know, we follow each other on Instagram and incidentally discovered we live in mm-hmm. the same town, uh, went and got oh, yeah. coffee That's together. Cool. And uh, yeah, his name's Tyler. And he, he uh, uses your product. And I think he might even, you know, rep it here and there. Um, and he's like, no, dude, it's, I don't speak about any products this way. It works. He's like, I had a buck. He's like, I've used these types of, I've used scents before. I've, I've had like mediocre to lackluster results. Um, so I was apprehensive and, and not really having any expectations using Heaton Hunt's product. Instead, I used it. And the, literally it was the first time I used it. Um, I watched a buck come up and touch his nose to the dispenser, you know, and then I think he said it happened That's again. Awesome, and if he's watching, uh, he can certainly call in and attest to it. You know, uh, I know he's busy. He's got a busy life. But um, to hear that from someone that, you know, is in a face-to-face conversation who has nothing to gain from it and is just authentically speaking to, you know, the effectiveness of the product and what that did for him, it got me intrigued. And I was like, well, you know, do you think – you think he'd want to be on the on the show, he, you know, Jonathan? And uh, you know, here we are, right? And so I just think yeah, that it's small world. This is how you know, this is how it often rolls, and not how I how I kind of navigate is it's awesome. Like one handshake, you know, one person using your product leads to another connection, and I think so that's yep. great. And I'm really happy to be here. That's so cool to hear. Yeah, it's it's really so, incredible. And go ahead, go ahead. I was going to say, ironically, um, earlier in the week. Uh, I got a phone call from a, a guy that's launching this this t- a TV show, and he's the host, and it's going to be on the Sportsman. And he was he was telling me he wanted me to sponsor a show, and he goes, Jonathan, I'll tell you why. He goes, he goes, a friend of mine bought me your product, and he goes, just it was almost verbatim like you said. He goes, he goes, it was early season. He goes, I literally had no expectation that your product would work because he goes, I've been hunting you know, like 34 years, whatever he said, and he goes. I've never had sense ever work for me. And he goes, he goes, and I couldn't believe it. He goes, all of a sudden, um, you know, hang up your, your curiosity lower in your dispenser. And that's like 20, 25 yards from me and stand. It's early archery, you know, four does. And he's a military guy. He goes, Oh, they're coming from my six, you know, they, they cut up to the side, you know, and then the little does scoot by and he goes, and the mature doe stops, you know, wind checks the dispenser, looks around walks up to it, nose on the dispenser. He goes, I've never seen a reaction from game from stents. He goes, you're really onto something. And um, I, I just hear stories like that. I'm like, I feel bad for all the people that got, you know, I want to call it, they, they invested their all this money and time and sense and they haven't got that reaction. To me, that, that's kind of like a norm. If, if it's not something that, it's it's hunting. It's not like... Like you're just sh- put something shiny in front of like a fish and trying to get it to bite and not dismissing fishing, but you know what I mean? It's it's way more, you know, you're hunting a big game animal. So like for me, if I say, if you go hunting like eight times a year and you know, you go out and you're getting a reaction out of game, like half of that or even a quarter of that, 
that means you're actually like, you know, you're doing your, your true hunting steps of, of using tools and techniques to harvest an animal. Um, I'm just not a big fan of a lot of people that just like say, I'm going to go randomly sit in a spot and complain that I'm not seeing deer. I'm saying, put the time in, you know, scout, you know, use tools and techniques to you know, be more successful in the field. That's, that's the whole idea is that I think we offer, I go to over 25 products now and, um, we put passion like that between that, between every of them. If they don't, if they don't surpass what else is out on the market, I'm not even going to mess with it. I'm not even going to put it out. Like, why do it? If you're, if you're not, if you're not coming in first, it's like, you're not going to stick out when, when you're trying to grow. I mean, when I mentioned my corn scent, um, it's one of the top scents that we demo at shows. And I want to say every single time somebody smells it, their eyebrows pop up and they're like, this is the strongest, you know, best smelling corn scent I've ever had. And I said, well, yeah, we actually mix it with minerals. It's actually an attractant, not a cover scent. That's why it's so strong. We we do a certain spin because, I mean, some people think that, you know, they want a corn cover scent or a corn cover scent. I'm like, you know, make your cover scent smell like the woods, you know, become part of it, you know, you know, disguise yourself, but put out the the, the right attractants at the right time of year to make, uh, you know, entice game, make, make your hunt more success, um, more interesting and make yourself more successful. On our website, I actually realized that was, that was a big gap. It, it was kind of comical because I realized educating people was, was the big gap. And that on my website, I wanted to bring that out there. I created a scent playbook because I've seen people, unfortunately, you know, tagging heated hunts like, yeah, you know, we're just getting some trail cameras out. It's July. We're going to throw out some doe esters. I'm like, what? I'm like, what is wrong with these people? And, <laughs> and, and, you, and you realize if, if you're not properly taught, you just don't know. And, and the majority of lessons brought down by hunters, you know, is not being taught by really good hunters. It's usually, you know, you, you get taught. I, I know a lot of people in my generation, they're taught like the bare minimum of hunting, you know, and then realize through conversation, through podcasts, through other ex, uh, education channels, you know, through experience, they got, they got pretty good at it because a lot of the, a lot of the hunters out there, I mean, they're not as serious as like, you know, a certain other percentages of them. And they're totally fine with just going out to the same stand every year. And I'm the type of guy that's scouting every year, moving stands around. So you have totally different types of people that, that are involved. So I try to link my products to that too, you know, try to keep it simple in other areas. And other people that are really advanced hunters, they want to know some more advanced te techniques. I, I spend time with them, you know, at shows and, and doing demos and try to put that information on, on our website and on our social too. That's um that's good that's good a good perspective to have. You know, one of the things I was gonna ask that I didn't have in the show notes was it hit me as we were discussing it before it really kinda came into light, which is using it as a as a cover scent, right? Um Oh yeah. So maybe that's that's a good time to pivot just a little bit into, you know, what types of scents do you have? And, and are they your scents? Are you are you getting them from somewhere in particular? And you feel free, you don't have to name that that very specific sure. thing. I'm just wondering, you know, how you go about making your choices on scent, because I know there's a lot of options out there. And I've had a guest on the past to talk about just scents. And that was a really interesting episode because really the, 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 what you're just saying about making sure, not making sure, but someone may or may not have acquired the knowledge, the, the experience to know how and when to use certain scents to their advantage. And, you know, what I learned in the past was you can really get inside a buck's head to some degree um, by, mm -hmm. you know, laying out a certain dominant buck scent at certain times throughout the season or even the year and really kind of start to play this kind of chess game with them because they're going to want to know who that other dominant buck is, et cetera, et cetera. That being said, I'll let you answer the question that I ask. I always do this. I ask like, you know, 20 questions in one sentence and it's a really long <laughs> run on sentence. <laughs> you know, it, it's because you're passionate. Passion's great. You, you know, um, I, I love hearing it coming from you, and it's just, it's awesome that you're just engaged about hunting. So yeah, I mean, if you break down sense, you know, let's try to keep them simple, um, and kind of how I try to do educate people because I realize you can really, really get in depth. You can really get analytical. You can really talk about all these different methods of, of mock scrape, licking branches, you know, interdigital, preorbital, you know, um, all these different glands, you know, when to use them. Then there's a simple way to kind of do it. So early season, deer or deer, you know, there's not a lot of, there's basically any rubs, any scrapes, because usually when honey season's open, there's always a couple out by then. 
at least their RMPA, the way the season opens up. Um, you can call that, like, they're not quite pre-rutting yet, you know. Uh, maybe it's just starting, you could even say. So when deer are just deer, you know, urines don't work that well. There, there's buck urine, there's doe urine all over the woods. Um, you know, bucks are hanging in bachelor groups. Uh, does are always hanging out together. I mean, they may be a little curious there, but, uh, you know, food is king. So what I try to do is offer my scent line that, you know, it has to be make sense regionally. Like you're not going to use corn in uh, Maine when they don't even have corn fields. So I tell people, you know, try to match a scent to an air, to a region that makes sense to you um, or something. Because, you know, if you use corn in, in the mountains, of, you know, in Maine or whatever, yeah. Um, yeah, you might spook a game animal. You don't, you have to be cautious because you are throttling it. You know what I mean? You're, you're throwing it in second gear. You're hitting the gas pedal a little bit. You're pushing the envelope because you're introducing something in their environment that they haven't seen before. Or, you know, you're putting something in front of them that's familiar and they want to come check it out. So what we do is we offer you know, a sweet corn. You know, it's one of the most popular. An acorn scent um, just makes a lot of sense. And, again, these are attractants, so they're extremely concentrated. They're mixed with minerals. We offer a, a fresh apple, uh, persimmon, um, just, a, you know, regionally that covers almost mm. the whole country. I don't want to go, go crazy and go, like, white acorn, you know, and all these different <laughs> spinoffs and weird stuff. Um, companies do that. They want to offer 15 different cents. You know, that's great. You know, they might get people to say they want to try something different. But, uh, I mean, I could tell you we have, you know, testing. It's just it's just amazing to see the reactions on it. The the biggest buck ever killed in my products was a, uh early season track. It was the acorn, and, and it was a 220-inch um, whitetail in uh, Ohio. So it was a really dynamic um, – dynamic buck and it was awesome to hear that story and the hunter sent it in it's actually on my uh my home page uh, on heatedhunts.com it's a monster it's really really cool and then if you can imagine like um the other options you have other than food scent for early season is like a curiosity and what i i started off is <clears throat> i'm a i'm a big fan of uh buck scents i think um you know any buck scent depending upon the quality of deer you're going for is basically your best option. If you're just an average hunter, um, you know, buck scent, maybe a dominant buck or whatever, um, maybe may a little more aggressive. So I make a, a buck curiosity early season and I make a doe curiosity early season. They leave it up to the hunter, you know, which one they want to try. And I swear, we, we saw so much of this stuff. I swear people drink it because if you get a bottle of it, you try it and it works, um, you're going to want another bottle very quickly. And then your buddy's going to want a bottle. And the good thing is we make it in a synthetic blend so it doesn't spoil. So you're not you're not forced to chuck it at the end of the year. But it's just one of those things that we really came up with something unique, um, and it works really well. So I would recommend everybody. And, and that was actually the scent that uh, I got I got that call in from that host of that show on earlier in the week. And it was it was it was neat to um, hear that story. And I constantly hear that story about that scent. So. It kind of block puts a block into your early season attractants, and then as you see, like you know, rubs and scrapes, they start popping up all over the woods. You know, the pre-rubs heating up pretty good, and back by then, I mean, you can still use foods food attractants. You know, by far they're not not going to work. You know, curiosity scents still work, but at that mm -hmm. point, if you're hunting, if you're hunting, if you're hunting does, yeah, just use your curiosity in your food. If you're trying to, you know, knock a buck down before he gets into his rut pattern. And, you know, certain areas, you know, where, where the deer are set up, um, it's been proven that they'll move. Some deer move five miles, ten miles, and they change their complete pattern during the rut. That's why you hear a lot of sightings, you know, deer disappeared, you know, or new deer showed up. You can actually go on uh, Pennsylvania University. They do a lot of studies in deer in these patterns. It's actually right on their website. They radio collar them, and, and, they, and, they, and they put them on, like, maps. And you can see throughout the years consistently, like, deer that are four years old, three years in a row did the same pattern when the, when the rut hit. So it's pretty neat. So I tell people, if you have a deer on camera early season, don't assume that he's going to be there during the rut. You know, go after him with the right tools to, to try to get him there before before potentially he moves. I mean, some areas, you know, there's food, there's ladies, and there's water nearby. You got this little triangle, you don't got to leave. But other places, you know, they're switching it up. So going into that pre-rut phase, you know, buck urines work. We have, we have a general um, non-rutted, you know, it's a buck urine parcel gland. Really good, you know, um, semi-aggressor attractant. We call it brute buck. 
<laughs> it's obviously you're out there being a contender. You're, thro- you're throwing a buck in the territory as they're doing rubs, you know, doing scrapes and marking their territory that they're going to come looking. They still, they still may be in bachelor groups at that point, so it's not super aggressive. But, you know, when you hit that point when, when they're breaking a bachelor groups because they can't even look each other in the eyes and you're using a buck scent, yeah, you, you can potentially blow your whole hunt if a little four-pointer or six-pointer comes in. So that's the risk of using buck scents. Where I say that's that might not be for the average guy. They want to go like, get out of here, you little four. Come on, I don't want yeah. you. I want your it, your big uncle Buck. You know, <laughs> exactly. See, there's different times for that. If you're doe hunt, don't use mm-hmm. that. You know, but but then you know if you can imagine as you get out of the pre rut and you're dipping into the rut, um, we do a real unique scent then, which is um, a full rutted urine, rutted tarsal. It's um it's all other glands butted together. And this is a real unique scent, and I've shot my deer on it this year. Uh, it's one of my favorite scents. It's, it's just an extreme buck aggressive attractant. You know, you will scare every small deer in the woods. Um, a lot of those scent companies that call me, they're like, "Don't do that. You're gonna get, you're gonna get, um, you know, bad replies from people that don't know what they're using. Like one bad, one bad f- review because you spooked deer. You know, you're gonna be done." I'm like, "Well, I'm trying to, you know, put it on the bottle. Extreme aggressive scent. Don't use this." If you, if you don't want it, you know, I'm trying, but. Well, then people you know, are like, it's like the it, do it, not it push this red button effect. Well, let yeah. me just push the red button and see what happens. And then they go, oh, okay. I'm, I'm, it, now I know the power. <laughs> it's like, it's like if you ever drove a Corvette and there's a traction control button, it's like, if you ever drove a Corvette, do not hit that button off unless you're in a parking lot because you'll spin that sucker right around. <laughs> you, should, you should rename that to, oh, darn, what was I going to call it? I had, I had a fun name for you, like. Oh, it doesn't matter. I totally lost my train of thought. I was stuck, I got stuck <laughs> but it, it's a really cool scent. And I mean, we did so much testing. I actually had a buck hit a um, a mock scrape through six inches of snow with that scent. It was pretty cool. It was the first snow. And I, and I walked up to check my uh, trail camera and there was an imprint of, of an antler in the ground. And I thought it was like, maybe, you know, there was a shed fell. Then I'm like, what, what took the shed? I'm like, it made no sense. It was like, nice big um four prongs stuck into the ground and into the snow and i'm like all right no way whatever i'm like that's strange so i checked the camera and what it was is the buck went full sideways and his antlers were in the snow and his nose is right off the snow he was he was hitting that mock scrape like smelling it through the snow i thought that was one of the most dynamic things i've seen when testing it was really neat it's wild then the word i was going to say by the way is desperate or desperation if you're that desperate use this one but Certainly, you know, that we don't want to hurt anyone's feelings or offend anybody, but there might be that time in the <laughs> yeah. season where you're like, I'll shoot anything. Yep. And then what you call it? Um, and then we do use, of course, doestrus. We do a couple of different categories of it. Um, we do a lot of filtration. We do um, scientific uh, testing, which is um, your pictorials, uh, which is your amount of estrus per milliliter ratio. So we make sure that you actually have a high-end amount. I mean, you have some of these deer farms, you know, they've, they're selling 5,000 gallons of doe estrus a year, but they got 50 deer. So, I mean, like, how much doe estrus are you really getting out of that? And what do you think the ratio of estrus versus deer urine is? Which is why a lot of people say they use scent and never worked for them before. It's because they're buying the stuff on discount, you know, on the red tag aisle or whatever you want to call it, and they're wondering why it's not working. So just like anything else, you know, you generally get what you pay for. We put a lot of time into making sure our scents are blended right, tested right. And we go the extra mile, like small things, like we store them in glass. Our our, our, our natural scents are stored in glass. They're in a tinted glass bottle. Um, you think of a beer, you think of a wine bottle. You, you yep. can see why an organic substance is that. If you go into the trapping industry, you will not see any attractants in a plastic bottle. What happened was marketing, you know, people being commercialized, it got ruined for all these hunters. Um, think about when you put a water bottle, you know, go, go ahead and put it on your front porch, your deck, let the sun hit it and take a drink. You know, taste a little a flavor of that plastic. Now, I know the, the bottles typically people use for scents. They're made out of a better grade of plastic, but it, it's still not the same. <clears throat> and I try to reinforce that. That's why we go the extra mile. It's, they're more expensive to package. They're harder to ship. You know, they're a pain in the butt. But if it works better for hunters and I'm putting a better product in their hand at the same price or a better price, yeah, you know, thumbs up to that. I want to give them the chance of using something that really works for them. Right. That's interesting. So there's a, um, you mentioned the estrus scent, um, you know, urine and 
Well, I had a guest on a while back. Montana Decoy is the is their uh, company name. They make decoys that are, you know, I'm a big public land hunter, and they make decoys cool. that are, they're they're made out of material like how do I describe this? Um, you know the the thing you put in your windshield. I don't do this, but the thing you put in your windshield to like you know make sure your dash doesn't get ruined by the sun over time or whatever. Um, it's that really yeah, flexible, like, like clothy material, but it's got like a wire frame. Yeah, yeah, I know what you're talking about. So that particular material is how they make their decoys. So they're super lightweight, they're super compact, and then you can attach, you know, a, a tail to it or whatever, so it does get some flicker and some movement. And uh, one of the decoys that they have is a doe that's that's in a squatted peeing position, right? I that's feel cool. like that particular doe paired with not just even, you know, doe estrus scent, but specifically the heated stuff that you have and dangle it from that animal, like, I feel like that's um, that's a grand slam, you know, potentially. Yeah, actually, I mean, that's something that yeah. I actually almost want to go test out and just see how it goes. I would love to get that on, on video, and I, I have a pretty strong hunch that that would work out really well. You're, you're walking me down memory lane because it's an idea that we, – we it was one of these times you have buddies over, we're shooting our bows in the yard, you know, afterwards mm-hmm. we're having a couple beers or whatever. And uh, one of my buddies, like, hung the dispenser underneath my decoy. He's like, I wonder what happened to that. I'm not my decoy, my target, um, you know, and what's your call? Just, you know, whatever, for whatever reason, just left it. I came back the next day, and I look at my backyard, and it looks like a, like a quad or something hit, my, hit my, my archery target. The legs were blown off. You know, the, the, rebar, the, the piece of metal, like that rebar material in the ground is actually bent. I had to put them in my vise and, like, hammer them out. I couldn't believe that something snowballed my target like that. I never had that happen before. I thought that was the neatest thing. So hearing you say that was makes me realize I actually got to do that this year. Really put it, I wish I put a trail cam, camera on it. You know, you get right? ideas, but you're always trying to push <laughs> these you, marketing then you have ideas. There's so many you know? ideas that, that then they, they get pushed to the back. You're like, you got to write them down. Otherwise, they just they, they get stacked yeah. up too high. Yeah, it's one of those things. Yeah, that's the thing. So that's where I'm like, oh, man, you're walking me down memory lane. So definitely, I definitely yeah. think – you know, using scent with decoys, and I, I tell people, as a hunter, you, if you're if you're going to use tools to try to you know attract game, you're painting that picture, you know, of, of a deer, of of a buck, of a doe, you know, during the right during the right time of year to either contest them or, or pique their interest or or use the food. You're using cover scents, you know. So I think decoys work great. It's, a, it's another advanced tactic. You know, it's really fun to it's fun to use. Um, I've seen videos of guys. The one, this one guy, he reaped a deer using a deer a deer target on on like a, a little bike or something. I thought was really neat. <laughs> so I mean, you see that in turkey season and people reaping turkeys with decoys. But I mean, there's always ways to push the envelope. But hunting is just a fun sport. I think um, people that just like to go sit out and have a good time and relax, that's great too. But if you're really passionate about the sport, you know, always push the envelope. Try things to make yourself a better hunter. You know, there, there's yeah. There's all you're gonna do is learn. I mean, that's the worst case scenario. Yeah. yeah, and I'm not saying go out there and be a be a product guru because you know there's a lot of products that come out and you just kind of raise an eyebrow and you say, really, you know, that's just somebody trying to make money off somebody. It's not something that's like proven or you know passion. I, I judge a lot of companies by are they just running running masses to make a buck or or are they the ones like in in a think tank trying to push the envelope to build pre- that really product? yeah that have that passion for it absolutely like you've you identified a problem um, you came up with a solution you engineered the shit out of it and uh, went through all the iterations that make the most sense and it sounds like you're continuing to do some of that and you're not going to be satisfied until you you know create something that's just going to be the best thing that that that's out there you know like um, yeah. you know. I, I'm, I'm big in the business community in, in some degree, and there's a there's a you know an incubator called Y Combinator, and in Silicon Valley, where all the biggest companies seem to be born out of. Mm-hmm. And you know they refer to that as a uh, category king, you know. And as far as I'm aware, and I pay attention, so I think I'm aware. I'm I'm in this. I hate to say this industry, but to some degree I am. Um, I don't see anybody else doing anything like you're doing. You know, um, it doesn't seem there's to be out there. The right the big guys yeah, are starting that. to look, they're trying to ride coattails, but they don't have the passion, you know, great. There's a bunch of hedge fund guys that threw in, you know, extra money from some other extra companies and they told some people to do some stuff, 
but it's not it's not a guy grinding, you know, early mornings, late nights, you know, working, you know, doing podcasts at eight o'clock at I was night. Say being on a what, podcast, what, what, right? What a guy he just met, but he met just met a few days ago on Instagram. But you know, that's the difference. That's what I'm proud about. I'm proud about all the people that work for Hita Hunt. You know, it's, it's almost come it comes down like I'm a passionate guy because I care about what my name's attached to and my brand. And, and that's kind of when I look at somebody and say, do you want to be attached to Heated Hunts? That's the kind of what we're looking for. That's kind of like the litmus test, I guess you could say. But um, the, the push, that one the, of the, push the envelope, it's, it's pretty cool. I have um, my version two, which is a, a different chemical blend of plastics that's been out last year, and it's in orange. And we have a green one that I just launched uh, this spring. It was a soft launch, but we're going to actually be turning it up in our marketing starting in June. We have it on our website right now with free shipping for uh, for the green dispensers and anything else for off-season promotion. It's a it's a limited edition green run. It's an OD green. Um, I would say one out of ten hunters they want to have that stealth. You know they don't want they don't want their neighbors to see where they're at. You know, um, you know, listen ten reasons. You know the orange ones. People like having that marker. Um, they don't want to lose their dispenser. So we right. did a limited edition green run. And it's exciting. I'm looking at it right now. And it's just, um, like I said, we're always just, you know, playing around, pushing that envelope and, and trying to offer better products for everybody. So people that were, I would hear, you know, again, one out of 10, one out of 50 or whatever. Hey, do you have it in another color? Oh, sweet. You know, you have it in green. Yeah, I'll get that one. But I would say the majority of guys like that orange. I mean, personally, I'm not a guy that buys a camo, um, like hunting knife because it's, you'll it's never like, find it. You've lose. learned. Those you, know, yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. How, how many yeah. how many camo flashlights do you still own, right? <laughs> right. Or the people that get the camo cell cover, you know, cell phone cover case. I'm like, what are you thinking? Yeah. The second exactly. that thing hits the ground, it is gone. You know? Yeah. Nope. Maybe a blaze orange I, I would might, make more sense. <laughs> yeah, I, I might sell more dispensers, I guess, if everybody's losing them. But I don't really want that. It's just a joke. <laughs> so funny. My um, uh, yeah, one of my relatives is watching is watching the the broadcast here and we were talking about you know you're not out to make a buck and she had commented so so this product's not just to get bucks it's like the, the little play on words there <laughs> that's yeah. fun wrong buck that's great i yeah. like to overuse the word buck if i get the ability to do so yeah right well some um things that yeah go ahead on. No, please. I was gonna say some other some other things. We've been asking a lot, a lot of customers have been asking us. They they love the idea of heated hunts. You know, heated scent. The name heated hunts. The logo is uh, literally chopper flames, heated antlers. Um, so I mean, they're like, when are you gonna start coming out with all these other heated products? So we start dabbling with um, some heated hand warmers, um, electronic hand warmers. Um, we're going to be moving, getting some more of those again this year. We did a small, you know, small batch last year, just large capacity lithium batteries, you know, a, um, a low and a high, and you could charge your phone, a little LED. There there were some similar products out in the market. We just tried to do it with a different battery composition, different temperature ranges, so it would last longer with the high and low and, you know, small tweaks to make it better. So that was a fun product um, that we also launched last year. Uh, we're currently sold out, but um, we're hoping to get some more in, you know, and offer them again this year. So that's part of the plan for 2019. And then I would love to get into to more heated products. I, I think that is kind of where the brand Heated Hunts belongs. Um, is the right offer that I, I think, you know, really launching some um, heated like undergarments, like your your, your mid, not your base layer, but your mid layer. So that way yep. you can keep your favorite camo. You know, I think that'd be like a really smart, or it'd be cool to eventually arrive at, you know, like Bluetooth, like um, like like uh, insoles that don't break after five minutes. Um, like having right. a quality product that work there. Um, tried some heated insoles in the past. It just seems like, you know, remember the old heated socks with like the nine volt battery. Um, eventually that technology is going to come around now. You know, watching that, saying how can we adapt it to make it, you know, better than everybody else's, but at a better price point. So that's kind of where I see the company going. Um, there's always, you know, I always have a vision of how I want to change my heated scent dispenser to make it better. But I'm always like kind of trying to, you know, throttle that back, you know, and come off the gas pedal a little bit and saying, let this, let this product get fully absorbed in the market, you know, and then get everyone's feedback, come out with a version two, um, because you could always make something better. Nothing's perfect, but what we have right now is pretty darn perfect. 
Um, if anything, it's kind of like if a guy invented an, a light bulb that doesn't burn out, you're not going to sell a lot of light bulbs. That's what my friends uh, tease me on. They're like, you know, you better hope you sell a lot of scent because the one buddy's like, I, he ran, it, ran his suspenser over with his quad and it still works. And they tease me. They're like, you know, you over-engineered the heck out of it. And I said, well, <laughs> you know, I don't get any returns. So I guess that's a good thing. Yeah, that's a plus. I, I had the opportunity of meeting, I don't know if you know who Gary Vaynerchuk is, um, with, with VaynerMedia and you know, he's the wine guy in the past and he's a social media. Yeah. So I met him that's in awesome. New York, um, a couple, well, March, no, when was it? April 1st. Um, it wasn't April fools. It really happened. And, you know, oh. he had mentioned, you know, to squeeze as much as you can out of what you have. He's like these people, like here's he's like here's an example. You grow an orange tree and you're growing these these beautiful, amazing, great tasting oranges, and you want to squeeze some orange juice, and then it works so great that suddenly you're like, hmm, I made this great orange tree. Uh, why don't I go plant an apple tree? And he said, you know, of course, in his vulgarity uh, in language, which I love, he's like, no dick, <laughs> just do another yep. orange tree. You're on to something. You don't need to go do another thing. Just, just yep. you know. Keep squeezing the juice out of the oranges. You're good. You don't have to go try a different thing if it's working, you know. Um, so That's I thought that point. was I thought that was just, you know, coming yeah, from him, delivered from him, it's totally different. But you know, I I, I love that analogy. That's awesome. And that's great. Remember I was telling you before we started, I was just getting into podcasts. He's actually Gary V is actually who I was listening to from like an entrepreneur standpoint, you know, motivation standpoint. He's on he's on point. He gets some good good perspectives. And that example he gave you was great. It's kind of like if you remember, I don't know if you remember, but you know Coca-Cola tried to change their brand of, brand of soda, the the recipe, and there was literally like protests in the street. So it's a and then they end up reverting back to their original Coca-Cola <laughs> okay, brand. We're I think sorry. this was like in the 80s. Yeah, yeah. Like our bad. You know, our, our marketing people said it was a good idea. <laughs> yeah. but, like when you know, it was like when Instagram tried to change things and everyone's like freaked out. Holy yep. cow. It's, so the it, it, thing is, you can't read the market. You, you can only assume. So I, I, I'm still, you know, doing small tweaks. You know, I have stronger circuits in my product now than forever, a better um, blend of uh, ABS plastics. You know, um, the way we assemble them is a lot smarter, better components than, than the first day when we tried it. You know, just you're just learning as you go. We're putting them together faster. Uh, super cool. They're built with American hands. And I tell everybody that, you know, um, when you buy products, turn the thing around and, you know, see where it's made. And then if you see a product next to it that, you know, that's made in a state, you probably know somebody in that state or, you know, somebody knows somebody that's in that state. And guess what? That money that's made in that state is going to most likely be spent in that state and help other people. So you got to take care of your own to a certain extent. And that's, that's one of the easiest ways to do it. And I could tell you as being an American manufacturer um, in the competitive industry, it's very hard. Um, we sell our product for uh, $34.99 retail. And, you know, um, we're proud of that we're able to hit that price point. And um, we're proud that we're able to hire American workers and, you know, manu American manufacturers that do our plastics for us. So it's, it's, it's really been a really fun ride. And the amount I learned um, from this has, has shaped me as a person. And I tell everyone, you don't know anything about anything until you try to start a business and until you make it successful. And don't go sell anybody else's products and say you started a business. It's easy to get a catalog and say, yeah, give me 50 of these. I'm going to put them on my shelves. I'm going to put them on my website. Go out and start a real business, and um, you will grow as a person. You'll feel a lot of self-worth. <laughs> it won't be easy, and you'll second-guess yourself a thousand times. But uh, along the way, you'll realize that it was worthwhile if, if you picked the right product and you marketed it right. Idea is only like 25% of it. It's yeah. delivering it into the market, being able to build yep. it. You know, how hard are you able to work? Like Gary V style, a lot of people are cut that way. You know, they're better at playing video games and taking naps. And, you know, I'm not that good at, I can't tell you the last time I took a nap, but, uh, you know, that's how some people are wired. I love it. I love it. Um, Mitch Huffman um, just asked a question in the comments section here. He said, what's the top selling product? Um, our dispenser. We have a dispenser kit um, that we offer just for the accessories. Um, with like the wicks and battery packs, then we offer another kit with two cents of your choice. So, I mean, it's that. Um, you heat up, I mean, I'm not one to promote against it, but if, if you have a few your favorite scent, I'm not telling you, you know, convert you to use mine. Just put it in my heater and your favorite scent will work better. If your favorite scent is not working the best for you, get mine, get mine a try. And um, 
just take a look at my set playbook. It's really simple. If, if you go only hunt early season or if you hunt, you know, just the rut or you hunt all season, it gives you a range and gives you a quick guide of what scent to use when, and um, it'll help you be a better hunter. Um, it's very important that you don't use estrus too early. You don't use a rotted buck scent too early or vice versa. Um, or, uh, you know, do it uh, the way it's instructed. You will just see more deer. And you'll enjoy telling people stories like, I saw I have a deer come in like it was on a string. Like stuff like that, just a fun experience to be part of as a hunter, even if it's not a, an animal that you harvest. Yeah, that's that's very valid. I, in fact, that's how I gauge my success is if I see something or not, not if I get something. Seeing something is a bonus, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what makes it successful. Oh, Anything yeah. beyond that is a bonus, I should say. You know, um, we'll, we'll wrap up here because we're getting close to time. But, you know, I, I like to ask every single guest to share their most memorable hunt on the show. And so, you know, I don't know if you were able to put any thought into that leading into this, but I'd love to hear, you know, what your most memorable hunt was. So my most memorable hunt, I think I kind of alluded to it earlier on, is when I shot, um, uh, my biggest buck was about 140, uh, 10 pointer, a really heavy mass buck. And, um, he, he came into my prototype product, been watching him, scouting him. And, um, you know, it was a, it was during the rut, uh, my makeshift, he garage built, I should say, he did set dispenser and, you know, it was 20 yards broadside. It was a perfect shot. He, he literally walked, like spun five feet, hit the ground. And, you know, and then I'm like, should I shoot him again? Cause he's there, you know, or be good. And, you know, your knees are basically clanking together, that kind of adrenaline rush. But uh, I, I was kind of going bonkers about it because Usually when you shoot a deer, they all run. You know, a deer that's 200 pounds, you shoot it, it takes four steps and it drops with a bow. Um, you know, that just makes your head spin a little bit. So I was having like that second guess, you know. I was all hyped up, jacked up, and I'm like, knock another arrow. Do I shoot him again? Like, all right, so I'm watching him. You know, I gave him like, it was the hardest 45 minutes, you know, to make sure he wasn't going to get up and climb down. And uh, that was one of the most memorable hunts was, um, you know, harvesting an animal to that, to that degree. Um, I'm not in an area where those type of animals that large or, or like normal, like in certain areas. So my, my normal size is probably like a hundred, 105 inch deer. So getting one that big is, is, is a monster in my neck of the woods. Um, being a, that was like the tipping point for me to move forward with my product and, and that hunt, I'll just never forget. I mean, there's, there's about you know, 10, maybe eight to 10 hunts that I can just reel off and tell you why they were all special. But that was special because that hunt turned me into launching heated hunts and, and you know, put it over the finish line. And from there, I just had some convincing to do with my wife and say, are we going to build our dream house we talked about? Or are you going to let me you know, roll the <laughs> dice and we start heated hunts? Well, you can imagine, you know, you have to a pretty uh, um, solid woman in your corner to support you on that decision. So it, it was. I'm glad we went that way. She is too. That's incredible. You know, and I, I'm lucky to have um, a similar you know, woman in my camp, as far as my wife, she supports me through and through. And, you know, hopefully I don't make it too, too stupid of choices because she'd back me no matter what I'm doing. You know, she might give me her two cents, but. <laughs> that's the part too, right? What, yeah. what if I had a terrible yeah. idea and she supported me and then I'd be like, yeah, She's why like, oh, you God, I got, you know? yeah. <laughs> yeah, Why did marry this idiot? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, you know, and, well, thanks for having and, me. I, I had a good time and, you know, keep in touch. Hit us. Hit up Heated Hunts on, on Instagram or Facebook. I don't run the page, but you know, I have staff that do. But, you know, you reach out to me. Um, I do, uh, you know, mosey the pages, and we can just keep in touch. And um, if you I, I did put a coupon code on the website to support your listeners through the end of the month. So if, if, um, I think I think I sent you the code if you if you want to go through that information. Yeah. Yep. And so for those watching and, and for those consuming in their car, walking their dog on the treadmill, you know, running the streets, whatever it is, running the streets. Whatever it is you're doing when you consume this in podcast and later, run in the streets. Let's just leave it at that. Um, there is there is a code, 15% off it. So it's on the screen right now, but it's uh, W2H podcast. If you, if you use that on Heated Hunt's website, you're going to get 15% off. And that's a great way to, you know, try a product out and see if you like it and, um, you know, see if there's, you know, any, any, truism to everything we've discussed today. And I'm, I'm hoping that everyone's going to find out that there is indeed, and I'm going to be one of those people uh, this season, but the website is heatedhunts.com. Is that correct? That's it. Heatedhunts.com. You know, follow us on IG, Facebook. We're always uh, putting up good, good videos and stuff that our customers send us, you know, but successful uh, harvest, you know, giveaways, 
um, just fun uh, tips and tricks, uh, just moving the needle on social media beyond what other what others are. So just give us a follow, and uh, we'll we'll love to get some products in your hand and you know hear your story. Hopefully uh, you end up on our website or or even on our on one of our Facebook posts with a you know giant deer, bear, hog, whatever you hunt. Yeah, it sounds like there's a scent for for you know all sorts of things. The the thing I think I enjoyed most, you know, that some of the tactics we got into are great, and the, the analogy that resonated with me that got my mind to go, oh, oh my God, I never even considered that was, look, we all like apples as human beings, but wow, we really like apple pie, warm apple pie. You can smell it. It does something different. And the animals are very similar in the same sense. So, you know, that and heating up the the urine to a scent or a scent to a temperature that's naturally what's going to come out of that animal. um, You know, there's a lot of logic in that stuff. And the fact that you've mastered and engineered it, you know, in such a way that um, it actually does that is, is fantastic. Yeah, I mean it's smart. I mean, you get, you get it in your hand, you'll feel that it's no cheapo. You, you'll see the intricacy of the parts. You know, they're all thought through. Um, we're always doing tweaks. We're always pushing the envelope. And kind of like what you said about Gary. I mean, this is the orange tree right now. Um, we're already parent. We're already planning on some apples and pears, but we're trying to we're trying to you know do the right move at the right time. And um, you know, let's make sure everyone has a chance to use this product. And I want to get everyone's feedback. I think it's great. People say, yeah, you know, it'd be cool if we made the wick a little bigger. Or, you know, people always have this, you know, let's call it criticism, positive, negative, a ways to tweak. Because mm-hmm. some things I know will, will break something if they say, I'm like, oh, thanks anyway. But other ones are like, I never thought of that. And it's, it's perspective. It's communication. That That's how you create better products. So I love getting people's feedback or ideas. Yeah, you, yeah, you definitely have product market fit. And as far as I'm aware, you definitely are the category king. And uh, I really appreciate you taking appreciate time to be on the show. You know, I, it, it means a ton. Father's Day is coming up. Uh, Don just commented in the in the comment section. Great point, Don. Father's Day is coming up. What better gift to buy pops for the woods this year to make his hunt easier with 15% off? I love it. There you go. Appreciate it. That's a good way to, good way to get it. And a, a lot of hunters in your life, you know, if they don't have this, um, they'll definitely enjoy using it for sure. Yeah, let them be your guinea pigs. Like, I don't know, I heard this on a podcast. You should try it out. It sounds like go. it's going to be <laughs> Yeah. Okay, well, cool. Thanks so much for being on the show. I'm going to end the live stream right now. So, everybody, thanks for tuning in and watching. As always, I appreciate it. You know, uh, support our, our, our guests and, uh, you know, at least at the very minimum, check them out, share the post, spread the word. And uh, as always, you know, reviews on iTunes um, are my oxygen. It's what allows me to keep doing this. So, your feedback. Um, just as Jonathan said, means the world, and it allows me to make improvements. If you hate it, that's great. I that tell me, and I can fix things. If you love it, even better. I'll double down on those things. So, so thanks so much, everybody, for watching. Thanks for having me again. Appreciate everybody. Tip of the week. I should really call it nonsense of the week, because you don't want to listen to me. If I'm going to be giving any tips, I I will give some some advice, I guess. And uh, you know, I was trying to think about what what can we be doing in the off season other than thinking obsessively about whitetails and deer hunting and deer season and the fact that the trees are just starting to come into to bloom here, um, and we're getting some foliage. I already can't wait for them to turn, you know, orange and yellow and and brown and fall and. Uh, you know, one of the things that I think I've spent most of my summers doing is observing whitetail. You know, that's a combination of glassing and shining. And um, there's something about shining for deer on a really nice summer night in a field, um, you know, before things get too long and overgrown, etc. And then really kind of hammering down on that a lot more as the season nears to really get an idea of some of the bucks in the area that you might be hunting some of their feeding patterns, what are they actually eating, where are they spending their time, what time are they coming out, and then watching that doe behavior as we get into season, um, you know, are they up and, and trying to run away from the bucks that might be chasing and things like that. And so even just taking your mind there for a second and thinking about what that's like, I think, you know, certainly not advice or I mean a tip, there's no tip in that, like how to shine your light better. Um, or how to glass better. If anyone's got any tips on that, great. If you have a good uh, binocular brand recommendation or a great shining spotlight recommendation, that'd be cool. But um, yeah, I remember actually getting pulled over once with my, my wife in the car before we were married. So it should have been my fiance or girlfriend at the time. And I was actually filming a video for, for school and 
you know, they, they let me do whatever project I wanted for videography. And, uh, I was shining for whitetails in a field late at night on a pretty busy highway in the area. And it was past 10 o'clock, I think, which was the cutoff time for which you could do it in the area that I was in per the the municipality kind of regulations. And this cop pulls up, I'm like, oh shit, I'm going to be in trouble. This is bad. You know, he's, who knows what he's going to nab me for. And uh, as soon as he got to the car, I'm like, look, it's just for homework. I'm a college student and, uh, you know, I'm not doing anything. I'm so sorry. And, and he's like, well, I was just calling to see if you needed any, or just stopping to see if you need any help. And, you know, my wife's like, dude, chill. Holy crap. And uh, I was like, oh yeah, no, I'm good. I'm just shining for deer for a project. And he's like, you know, if you're not seeing anything, I can put you in a spot where you're going to see plenty of deer. Um, I'll call into the other officers and let them know that you'll be back there so you don't get in trouble. And it was the coolest thing. So I, I did go to where he said, and sure enough, I got deer um, in the spotlight and it was super awesome. And it was one of those summer nights and it was just it's this great thing. And the fact that I had this police officer's uh, permission to go shine for deer was just, it was just a neat thing. So anyway, that's my uh, quote unquote tip of the week. I hope everybody enjoyed the show. Thanks for listening. Go ahead and uh, head over to Heated Hunts. Give them a like, a follow on Instagram, on Facebook. Check out their products. See if anything kind of jumps out to you. Father's Day is coming up. And, you know, really, you do get the code, um, you know, from where to hunt to to get that 15% off. It's W2H podcast. And uh, put that to some good use while you're at it. It's going to be good for, I think, a month. So in any event, any ratings and reviews, keep those coming. Spread the word. Appreciate the love. Everybody have a great uh, week and enjoy you know, just getting outside the nice weather that's ahead of us. And I'll be back at it on the 28th. So we'll talk to everybody soon. Hunt public.